Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Belated Box Office Podcast, a podcast where we pretend like we know what we're talking about when we're critiquing movies. We very much have no idea what we're doing, and we're going to try that again tonight. So, Pat, why don't you tell everybody what we watched this week? Yeah, definitely. Your name's Jeff, by the way. It I just is. Figured I'd introduce you because I don't know if you've met. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I was getting a bit of feedback. Yeah, I don't have to. Int- I need no introduction. <laughs> thanks for that though yeah i just always feel awkward introducing myself as jeff like my <laughs> name is jeff name? yeah well the whole catch 22 movie really screwed me on that one with uh my name is jeff right that uh, catch it... oh do you mean 22 jump street yeah sorry <laughs> well that's what we should have done for episode 22 it would have been fun it would have been fun that's a better that's a that's a better movie with 22 in its name. It is, but every time we do a comedy movie, you know how that goes. Yeah, not well. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, so that's anyways. Good. <laughs> that's good, because this week we watched a movie that was no fun whatsoever, so this should be great. <laughs> we watched uh, Red Dawn, uh, which was released in 1984 by MGM Studios. And Red Dawn stars Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, C. Thomas Howell, Leah Thompson, and Jennifer Grey. It was written by Kevin Reynolds and was directed by John Milius. So Red Dawn is a movie that uh, takes place in a, in a Colorado town, kind of like a high school football town by the looks of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in the opening scene, um, the Russian uh, uh, invading forces from the Soviet Union along with their allies from Cuba and I believe Nicaragua, mm-hmm. um, invade the United States. Some paratroopers come in and uh, like start uh, start killing civilians and occupying this town. And we follow a group of uh, kids, a group of teenagers, including uh, Charlie Sheen and his friends, and uh, his older brother, played by Patrick Swayze. Uh, they escape town and, and go out and live in the woods uh, to avoid the uh, the Soviets. And eventually, they become a group of guerrilla fighters uh, fighting Soviet forces uh, in in and around their town, uh, trying to liberate the liberate their uh, their townsfolk and their people. Um, and then a bunch of boring shit that doesn't matter happens for a while. There's a few gunfights, and then um, the two brothers, uh, Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen. I'm blanking on their characters' names at the moment, but they. Uh, um, they kind of uh, go and uh, storm uh, the Soviet base, kind of to make a distraction, so the remaining members of their crew can can escape to safety. Yeah, it's the uh, it's Matt and Jed Eckert, the Eckert brothers. That's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really irrelevant because I mean, the entire time I was watching it, I was like Swayze and Charlie Sheen. I really wish they would have been. They, so they were called the Wolverines. They were named after they named themselves after their high school football team. Yeah, um, it would have been way more funny if they were called the Tigers, because I would have been screaming "Tiger blood" the entire time. Yeah. Anytime Charlie Sheen did anything, it would have been sweet. Um, <laughs> what a great, what a great timely reference for all our fans from 2010, right? <laughs> it's it doesn't have to be. T- I mean, has Charlie Sheen been in anything since? Not uh, since Red Dawn, but since the whole Tiger Blood thing. Since Red Dawn, I think a couple things. <laughs> um, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing as big. Nothing noteworthy, right? 
He might creep really back in not. like Mel Gibson after his whole meltdown. Well, I mean, Mel Gibson's meltdown was like he turned out to be a terrible person, as opposed to Charlie Sheen, where it's like, oh, he's just a he's just a weirdo. He's just struggling with like, a lot of mental health issues. <laughs> it's forgivable to be a weirdo. Yeah, well, a lot more forgivable than anything Mel Gibson's done, including the Passion, um, <laughs> including his greatest crime against humanity, the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, so I, I could take it just by your reference. A bunch of boring stuff happened. I, I loved hearing that. Um, it was, it was I mean, basic. I mean, there was, there was. This movie was nonstop. There was a few scenes just because there was so much always going on in terms of like conflict and and violence and shooting. Yeah. That like any downtime more than forty five seconds, you're like, oh my god, just get to the next action scene. So I'll give you that. I think that's that kind of felt boring for me. Anytime they weren't in a gunfight, I was like, what's what's the point? Just more shooting. That's what this movie's all about, right? I more or less like I don't even know if I mean that as a criticism, but there is like a period of time in the middle of this movie where it just kind of feels like I don't, I don't know if I can really describe the significance of one scene from the next. Really, it's like a bunch of gunfights happen, then they sit around having a conversation like, "I sure do like being a guerrilla fighter or whatever." Like, "I sure do hate them commies." Glad we shot a bunch of them. Yeah, and then there's more gunfights, and it just kind of. It's very level in the middle, I guess. Well, which... there wasn't really a lot of like rising action because it was like there was a climax clearly, but like it kind of just flatlined, jumped right up, and stayed at that point, and there was a little blip, and then it was the end. It kind of jumped right away too. That, uh, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. To kind of go by like we won't go scene by scene, but to some of the notes I took uh, starting at the beginning of this movie is I noticed like the action in this movie started like that like it went yeah. it shot up right away and i hadn't even learned like any characters names yet no i had to Before review paratroopers yeah. came in and like <laughs> that one that one teacher just gets fucking murked yeah. right in the chest <laughs> right away and then and then it's just immediately like oh shit let's get out of here and like the sky like the sky is falling immediately in this movie oh yeah yeah it's like patrick swayze drops his brother and his buddies off to high school it's like see you guys later then he turns around he like doesn't get to the next stop sign before he's turned around he's like oh in soviets and like everything is just being lit up they look like they speak russian he's just looking at them from the air and he's like i better turn around and get my brother from the school uh yeah it, did, it didn't take long like so wild. i don't know about you like i've i've seen this is a classic classic me this was on amc constantly so i've seen bits and pieces of this movie Never seen the whole thing all the way through, so this is definitely a movie. When I decided to go ahead with Red Dawn, I was like, I need to see this movie from start to finish. I want to see what it's all about. And I'll tell you right now, I, it didn't change wasn't my perception it? of the movie. No, I, don't, I wouldn't say it wasn't worth it. It was just, it was nice to know that I didn't miss anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. every time I turned it on, there was just like, it was a gunfight. Or there was a small conversation happening, then another gunfight. And it's so like it you got like the that. gist of the entire movie yeah. from the bits you caught. That makes a lot of sense because I feel like, yeah, it would serve you fine just to to pop in and out of the movie like that. Yeah, it's great. Like, uh, I'm doing the dishes. I'll put it on in the background. You kind of look back. And, oh, no, nice. Another fighting scene. Nice. <laughs> so have you ever seen this movie at all? Like, obviously you'd heard of it, but... Uh... Barely even heard of it. I might have heard the title, but no idea okay. when you suggested it i had no idea i was like oh is it a 
is it an action it sounded like an action somewhere yeah. in the back of my head i'm like 80s action but yeah no i'd never seen a second of it had no idea who was in it had no idea what the plot was mm. like the plot summarizes basically like american teenagers fighting a bunch of soviets had no idea any of that was the plot so this was a a fresh watch for me yeah well i mean granted the time it was filmed and released like 1984 1983 1984 when it was all said and done um this was a hella popular movie man people really dug it it was it was really? basically well 1984 like it was you know six years out from the uh or five years out from the cold war kind of coming to an end with the whole berlin wall falling down so everyone was always you know everyone was worried about potential russian invasion or you know nuclear threats and stuff like that so i think it really resonated with the public and uh, i've noticed a trend here I'll, I'll read off the numbers for the budget and box office and i'll let you know what this this trend that i've been noticing so the budget for this movie was approximately 17 million dollars uh it grossed 38 million dollars in total with eight million dollars its opening week um i wanted to say like the trend that i've been noticing is these kind of pointless violent movies that we've done besides the uh uh, besides one of them they seem to do pretty well in terms of budget versus box office like i think this well, is one yeah. of those things that i like i like to reflect upon a lot of people don't necessarily go to the movies to think like we've done some movies where there's a huge underlying message and there's a bunch of you know subliminal messages that you could extract from the the writing and stuff it's pretty clear that movies that. like this people like to shut their minds off and just be entertained um well the the fast furious movies make money well they're still making them which somehow i don't want to get onto that whole yeah can of worms <laughs> but people, uh yeah i mean yeah that's it's yeah it's a blockbuster right popcorn action flicks they're people pleasers mm -hmm. um it's it's meant to kind of like just be shut like everybody sees it and then a lot of times forgets about it right away as opposed to movies that are going for kind of more of a more of an art house kind of feel uh yeah. this is the type of movie that that a, some a few people are going to be very loyal to i think this is it's the like, kind of movie it's like a million people watching it once uh as opposed to like a thousand people watching it a, a bunch of times, times. yeah yeah <laughs> i was gonna say this kind of feels like the movie like of the time you would have had a couple of buddies in high school that went to go see it opening night and they would have been like, man, if the Russians ever invaded my town, I'd do the exact same thing. And then all of a sudden, everyone's in this whole, like, what would we do? And, you know, I probably gained a lot of popularity through this idea of, like, you know, teenagers going to a movie, looking at it and being like, we'd do the same thing. And I feel like that probably just resonated well. In the 80s, like, I think you're right. Like, a lot of, a lot of like, teenagers uh, and young guys would be like, just just go there to see themselves on screen. Oh yeah, fucking up the Ruskies who dare to who dare to tread on American soil and threaten threaten yeah. the American way of life. Like, can't just come it, in like, here. This is a perfect like Reagan era, like fantasy self kind of self insert fantasy movie. I think. Yeah, I think this was a, the movie came out around the time that Reagan was elected. It was like just after or just before. I don't know. American. I believe you if you told me he produced it. I I wouldn't be surprised if he helped fund the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he backed it. Right? There's. We should look into the producers. Maybe now that I think about it. But uh, we should take a look. Maybe yeah. we'll save that for the after hours segment. Um, the movie didn't get a lot of good reviews. I'm not surprised. It wasn't any kind of cinematic masterpiece. Uh, 
But basically, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 46 with an audience score of 65, IMDb 6.4 to 10, and Metacritic 53. And uh, in ter- in, like I said, in terms of a movie that you know you would look at and be like, wow, they did a really good job. Like I really liked everything about this movie. I would totally agree with their ratings. But I, I like action movies, man, and this movie did not disappoint in terms of action. If that's all you're going for, then this movie delivers and it yeah. does it fine. There's plenty it of was... problems with the film. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, uh, it's it was like like we were saying before. It's just it's nonstop. It it's just action, action, action. Like less than five minutes before the school starts getting shot up. Yeah, I feel like the the constant action is kind of to its detriment, though, because at a point like there there comes a point where it just gets boring. Like the longer nonstop action goes on, the more boring it becomes. You kind of, yeah, I think it's a problem too, because like you started off so high, right? Like with mm-hmm. this, like they're invading, they're taking over this town, but they started a high school. They're like RPGing school buses. They're shooting up classic American cars and they just decimate everything. Like, it's like, Oh shit. How are they going to get any more action from there? And it just kind of seems to the action. You can only elevate it so much. You know what I mean? Like the the final scene, I think did a really good job of just like total action chaos kind of mayhem scene. That really kind of brought me back. I was like, all right, this is. It would have been great if they had done seven or eight more raids like that. That would have been fun. Well, okay, but, I think we might be at a very okay. <laughs> I'll tell you this: that's your opinion about the final scene is like do it seven or eight more times and the movie's better. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, I like spaced out, wasn't paying attention. I missed that final scene. And I was like, shit, I got to watch, like, watch this so I can talk about it in the podcast. So I went rewind, like, skipped a couple scenes back and, and missed it again. <laughs> so you were, just, you like, were all actioned like, out. <laughs> more or less, yeah, I was just numb to it at that yeah. point. It was just like, this is nothing but, but white noise now. Oh, that makes sense. I would totally. I, I watched the first half. You know, I, I tried to watch it one night. It was like 1130. I was like, I'll throw it on. I got about halfway through and I fell asleep. I was like, yeah, no, what? okay, that's fine. Then I watched the whole thing the next day and I was like, all right, okay, that was that was fun. It was entertaining, like I've said. Uh, but I was kind of, because I'd already seen the first half, I was really focused more on the, the second half of the movie, including the ending. Um, mm-hmm. But I did want to bring up, it did make the Guinness Book of World Records for the most acts of violence of any film at the time with 34 acts of violence per minute or per hour, or 2.23 acts of violence per minute in the film. It's impressive So, I numbers. mean, like, if they were going for the Guinness Book of World Records, most acts, or most acts of violence, they nailed that, it. That must be, like, something must have overtaken, like, one of the John Wick movies must have overtaken it for the record by now, I think. I'm sure, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there were multiple movies now that have much more acts of violence in them or many more acts of violence in them than this one but uh i mean at the time this this would have been like well it would have been so, something new <laughs> okay well can you like i don't know if you you know this uh or it explained when you were reading it but like what's explained by an act of act of violence like you got like one fight scene say yeah and like is every punch every stab with a knife every shot fired from a firearm are those all considered individual acts of violence? I would assume it would be along those levels. Do you know what I mean? But I don't think it would be like every bullet that's shot 
You know what I mean? Like maybe every death or explosion. Every time someone pulls a gun and fires on someone, could, I mean, you're, we're talking two, like two or three a minute. It's gotta be like it. Could, it could even be deaths. I mean, like even when you look at it, right? Like when they do those ambushes, like sometimes in one minute they might have forty acts of violence. I'm not really sure how they defined it. I just was kind of going through some things. I'm like. Well, that's, that tracks 100%. This movie has a shit ton of action in it. So obviously with action comes violence. and So I don't really know how they broke it down in terms of like, it, there could have been six different scenes that made up for the entirety. And that's how they're just like, well, you know, there was a thousand More acts less, of violence yeah. here. And so we, we just decided to break it down per minute. And that's how it worked out. Uh, that's a good question, though. I doubt it's every time somebody pulled a gun. I feel like it's probably like any time somebody got hurt. Okay. You know what I mean? Caused by somebody else. Which, which, I would stick with that definition. I can, I can sort of see it then, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if it was like no every time somebody questions. shot a gun, it's just like this, this movie would be through the roof. Yeah. Just the amount, sheer amount of gunfire that I happens guess. in every, every raid and ambush. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was kind of, that was kind of my bag right there, man. In terms of entertainment, it was just like turn your brain off. It's like fuck okay, it, let's just watch people blow shit up and shoot it stuff. Kind of, yeah. As much as like it didn't really hold my attention for the most part, I'd have to say like movies like this. Like I've I've seen a bunch of movies like this. This is the type of movie that kind of lends itself well to being on TV. Back mm-hmm. in the day, where you'd like put on like TBS and just see what movies they were playing oh, on yeah. Sunday afternoon and just like you didn't care about the commercial breaks and you could like come in out of the movie, like movies like that kind of like we grew up watching, consuming a lot of movies like that. Oh yeah. And it kind of has a, a certain charm. I think it's maybe just like Stockholm syndrome because of how much time I spent as a kid, just like surfing channels, seeing like what movies are on. Like I wasn't a sports fan as a kid, like or anything. I was just like, what movies are on? I got to see the movies. Yeah. And like so many movies I'd watched, like, you know, a two hour and 10 minute movie. I spent four hours watching it along with commercials on TBS. I think that I just feel a certain, uh, the, the type of movie that lends itself to that kind of has a, that charm for me because of the nostalgia it brings up. So that yeah. this movie kind of did have that and it felt a little comforting and familiar, even though I was like, you know, I'm just going to browse my phone for 15 minutes while this movie's playing and look over and be like, huh, well, I guess he's dead. <laughs> I guess they're, yeah, something happened. And then it's oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can almost yeah. browse your phone and you don't even notice the guns going off because it's just been constant. Well, it's like, it, I mean, if they go off, it's not like, it's not like some movies where like, if there's an action, he's like, what's going to happen next? It's just kind of in the back. And it's like, yep, they're fighting more communist soldiers. Yeah. The only real question I was having, like, when I was watching the whole thing through, I'm like, is it only that many people? When do some of them die? You know, like, when do some of these Wolverine characters get killed off or what happens? And Not till pretty late. Yeah, that's that was one of those things where it was just kind of like, huh, I would have figured act. they would have had more. They would have had more people in the mountains and they would have had more deaths among the group. But I guess they were just basically, like, born to be elite soldiers and guerrilla I mean, their fighters. learning curve is pretty quick. Like, they go from, like... A bunch of like regular teenagers to fu- to fucking like, well, like if, this. I think you gotta troop. give them. You gotta give them the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like I don't know much about uh, Colorado, but 
like the two Eckert brothers, they were already hunters, basically, right? Like, oh, we used to come up in these mountains with my dad all the time. They knew how to, yeah, they knew how right? to sh shoot and they knew how to survive in the woods, which yeah. So you would, for a lot. You would assume in a smaller town like that, that a few of those kids have had experience around guns and obviously well, not any military I mean, experience, thing, but, like, but like. Yeah, but that's one thing. But then like conducting raids and ambushes against like adult men that are trained soldiers <laughs> is another thing. Like. Yeah. I'm good at Call of Duty playing zombies, but I'm terrible at every other mode because other people are shooting at me when I'm not playing zombies. <laughs> can you just so, run at me so I can dodge you and then shoot you in the head kind of deal? Yeah, so run at me like slowly. Yeah. And Well, I mean, that, you know, that was interesting because they tried to illustrate a, like a, that learning curve a little better by introducing the, the down pilot. You know what I mean? That. Uh, yeah. Did they, that, though? I mean, like, like by that like time, it, they were already kind of, like, Patrick they were, Swayze was like, he was like a colonel, and Patrick Swayze was like, hey, colonel, it's me, commander of these Wolverines, <laughs> like, we're both, we're the same. I'm the we're leader of this Wolverine command. pack, and it's like, what the fuck? I don't think Wolverines work in packs. They might, I don't know much about Wolverines, but, a, yeah. A herd of Wolverines? A murder, is it a murder of Wolverines? A gaggle of Wolverines? I'm not really sure. That doesn't sound as threatening. A, a mischief? <laughs> a murder of wolverine i'm gonna let's stick with that one let's see. i'm gonna um I, I just think like the the one scene where you can kind of imagine they were getting over that learning curve was when the he shows up and he's like i want you guys to flank here and lay down some grazing fire and oh, hide yeah. in that death lane and, and he's all like what's three kids are like what's a flank what's a death lane what's <laughs> grazing fire and so i was just kind of like all right yeah so he's gonna teach them some stuff but you're right like they'd already been conducting like shooting yeah, up armored I, columns and stuff like that right i think that would have landed a lot better if that were like sooner like after the first like the first once or twice that they like kill though some of those soldiers they obviously get lucky right yeah oh yeah like, like the, the three like the there russian like... uh the russian guy who like pretend i think he just pretends that he can read english and he's bad at it because it says, like, Roosevelt National Park, and, he, and he's like, ah, Roosevelt Battlefield, and he's, like, reading the sign wrong, because <laughs> all the other Russian guys think he's, like, a, an American history expert. Yeah, and they all clap <laughs> He's just for like, him. they can't read English, I'll, I'll <laughs> fucking fake it. And, like, they kill a couple of those guys, but they, they kind of, like, get lucky, and you can tell they're like, oh, fuck, we're in over our heads, and, like, oh, just they... in survival mode. Yeah. But then right after that, they become, like, the inglorious bastards, and they're just like, let's, you know, this fucking convoy that's going through, let's all just ambush them. Yeah, thank God that Jeep and three guys had four RPGs, a thousand rockets, 1,200 grenades, like, <laughs> just armed yeah. to the teeth now, right? Well, um, I, I can tell, I, I mean, obviously, like, as they, they, they acquire enough from the soldiers as they go. But, oh, absolutely, yeah. And after the first couple, they, like, they, they get enough firearms to, like, I'm I'm just surprised they have the gall after they like they're lucky enough to kill one Russian soldier with a bow and arrow and then after that, that it's like let's fucking grab this assault rifle right here and let's fucking like you see those four four vans going by let's get them yeah and they just dispense them easily and like no casualties you see they're just like cock the AK-47 like just like back in Nam it's like yeah clearly you're still no that never <laughs> happened man yeah let's do this right. Um, and, and like if, if the colonel was like earlier in the movie before they had like conducted all those ambushes like expertly and they were like what's a flank it kind of would have played better i think 
Yeah, like say like so. I know there was the American plane and the helicopter that you know shot up the convoy or the roadblock and stuff like that. If they'd introduced yeah. them around then, it would have been like, oh, okay, like well, we're behind enemy lines. We have these guns and we've done this before. Or, you know, or like we're gonna fight for our our country and our town. Yeah, it could have played right. out. And a they have better. like somebody to set them on that path right away. Yeah, but it's really not like that. It's just kind of like <laughs> just from being red blooded American boys, these. These yeah. kids can dispense these commie troops. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was never really a thought when I was watching the movie. I was like, ah, oh, it just makes sense. It just works. But now that I'm looking back and I'm like, that really doesn't make any sense. Like, the, no, I can imagine me in high school, like, I would have like, got to the woods and the Russians would have come by and they, I would have been like, oh my God, the Russians. And they'd have already killed me by that point in time. Like, I wouldn't have thought to hide behind a bunch of rocks at Teddy Roosevelt Mountain. You know? <laughs> You know what I mean? I might have thought to hide behind a bunch of rocks, but like, y- you know, I wouldn't be coming out and being like, "Oh, get them!" I just they they found me. I'd just be like, "You got me!" Yeah, like, fuck this. <laughs> and they'd probably just shoot me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I thought it was because uh... <laughs> the Russians know that, um, like, the Russians like know who these kids are. It's shown that like they do pretty much whatever he like occupying communist force does is like they separate the troublemakers and put them in camps and stuff oh yeah and the people that are more like more like submissive i guess that are going to be easier for them control they just kind of like keep them to run menial jobs yeah and they they discover this when they come right into the town and like that one scene in in when the three of them go into the town right because they're looking for their dad oh okay it's kind of like it it seems like it's kind of easy for them to walk around well, I mean, like, it's they're the 80s. Like, it's not like they have, like, facial recognition and they're like, oh, these are the troublemakers. Like, they blend in. Like, right? They they did enough to blend in. But but it, literally, like, at one point they're in a store and they're talking to the girl, right, that they know. And she's like, don't, don't let the, the the Soviets find you. They're looking for you. And there's, like, a guy right behind them. <laughs> standing like, up on the Say. <laughs> Is that one and of the guys were, we're looking for? Probably not. They just... Yeah, they they just look look the other direction. If if he can't see if we can't see him, he can't see us. Yeah. Or he's like a he's like the guy's he's like a guard in Skyrim. Or it's like just duck. Yeah. Just, Somebody just sneaks duck. up behind and him, puts a bucket on his head. He's like, "Huh, awful dark in this town." And <laughs> just kind of walks around for a little <laughs> little while longer. Must have been the wind. Um yeah. <laughs> You sneak right behind him just to get your sneak stats up, but I like Excellent. the uh I mean, like, they, they did a, there was a little bit of explaining. I liked the whole start of the movie, how they just kind of basically broke down. Like, they're just like, fuck it, we're getting right into it. We don't want to have any serious introduction. They're like, Russians are invading. Nicaraguans and Cubans met their army goals. They invaded through Mexico. This happened. Yeah, totally. You, Europe sitting out. East Germany is just doing what they're doing. And it was just kind of like, and here's the film. Okay, so they get dropped That's off. They, they joke about football games, and then yeah, within a couple of minutes, it's just like, hey, these guys got blown well. No, of course, <laughs> no foreplay in this at the beginning of this film at all. It's just no. like, just stick it right in, <laughs> stick those troops right into America's big midwestern vagina. It was uh, yeah, they they didn't they, there was yeah, there was no lube, and there was nothing to build it up. It was just it was straight. Here's some dialogue, and here's the movie. Get used to it. Because we're going to shoot more people in this movie than you've ever seen before. Yeah. And according to Guinness Book of World Records, they did. Based on, on my my definition, I suppose. Um, yeah. Do you have any serious issues 
with anything in the movie like like I, we've gone over the fact that it's kind of just been like a this is just kind of like a well probably more or less a teenage male stroke film you know what i mean like oh my god this is so awesome i can't believe this like look at them they're taking over the town and then these guys fight back fantastic so like was there There's anything even the point where that old guy what they go see that old guy in the cabin right and he tells the one kid that his father's dead i think it's c thomas howell's character oh okay and yeah it's like one thing before you go, boys. Looks like this movie's got a little bit of a sausage fest vibe going on. So take my granddaughters with you to be characters. Yeah, too. yeah. Which is weird because he's like, I've been hiding them in the crawl space. Why? Like, why the why Russians haven't come? Them? The Russians are nowhere near. Like, why are you hiding them all the time? Like, I feel like he's just like they had a dumb way. They really don't, and they just wait food down. You. Like they know you're. <laughs> like he seems to be doing fine. Him and his wife. He's got so a radio. You stay with... here in case you need to be in a in some teenage boy's movie. Yeah, in case the Russians sneak up on us in the foothills before the mountains, wouldn't hear them coming or see them coming. Yeah, uh, it, that yeah, that was yeah. They, they did bring him in, right? What was his name? Tony and uh, other characters' name? Erica. Yeah, Erica. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was. Um, I was surprised I it was Leah Thompson too. Like I was like. I haven't seen her in, I don't think, anything except Back to the Future. And I'm like, oh, it's the mom from Back to the Future. Well, there you go. And then it was Jennifer Grey, who, like, a couple years later... Was she in Grey's Anatomy? Some, um, some movie together, I don't know. Um, gosh, what's it called? Only someone in the chat can tell us. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think anyone cares. Moving on. <laughs> why, would you, why would you try to bring up that film? I don't know why you're trying... This is like our Boondock Saints episode where we refuse to talk about Boondock Saints 2. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, now that I look back on that, it is weird to keep your granddaughters in a crawl space underneath your house for extended Welcome back to the uh, podcast about the only Patrick Swayze movie <laughs> that was ever made, Red Dawn. Patrick Swayze, great actor, kind of one and done. Yeah. Um, Single credit on IMDb. Well, we lost him too soon. It's a very, very much a James Dean situation. Do you oh, want to talk James about? Dean do you did... want to talk about Dirty Dancing? Is that what you want to do? About? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Ghost. <laughs> ghost. Uh... <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghosts. All right. So you were upset. That it was a sausage fest, or you just noticed it was a sausage, and you just thought it was kind of weird. They're like, "Well, we better throw in a, a nice gender, gendered." Mix. I think, I think it was, uh, yeah, kind of. It's like when they escape, it's just like a truck full of boys, and then it seems like the writer was like, "Gotta get some women in here somehow," and then it's like, "I'll just bring them right out of the basement," like literally, like, "Ta-da!" I found these characters in my basement from old stories I was writing, and here they are. They could be main characters in the movie now. Here you go. Yeah. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. I thought it was funny. It was strange how they tried to develop, like, a love story in the middle of it. I forget which girl it was. Was it Erica? Leah Thompson. Erica, yeah. Yeah. So she, like, all of a sudden falls in love with a guy who's got a wife and kid in Texas. He's, like, clearly way older than she is. And then... thinks, yeah. When the colonel passes away, she's like, I'll never love anyone again. It's like... That was a lot. What the fuck? That Where did that like, come from? That was that was a lot there. Like, at first, you, when she was, like, giving him flowers and stuff, he'd, like, wake up and he'd have, like, the flowers she'd left for him. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, 
she's a young girl. She's been living out in the woods, like, in tumultuous times. So it's like she gets infatuated with this older man, and that's, like, whatever. But then, then it's like all of a sudden she's like, I'll never love again. And it's like, that's... I, don't, I, don't like, know, I, I guess nowhere, I guess we can extrapolate w- that the flowers meant they were intimate she with each other. She said hi to the guy like a couple times and was like, "Do you have a family?" He's like, "I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> how old's your wife? Yeah. He's like old. Like really? Like how old is he? <laughs> old like me? And it's like, all right, this is I mean, this is creepy now. <laughs> it's almost like a Pan's Labyrinth, David Bowie kind of like coming on to the the main character in that. You know? What you I mean, mean like, labyrinth? Sorry, whatever. I get Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Labyrinth. Pan's right? Labyrinth is good. I haven't seen that one. That would be an interesting that's one a, to do. That's a fine film. Right on. But either way, it was a really strange kind of like they they could have. First of all, you're. I think they kind of brought those characters out just to to spice things up. They could have left that entire situation out. I didn't. That it was really over the top. That whole like I'll never love anyone again. And I was going back through it, and I was like, oh, there's another guy that died yeah. too. Did did she like the other it's like, Well, did you love him like? Yeah, like she I mean, developed a crush on him for like a week. Well, that was the, one of the things about the movie. They're just kind of like jumping month to month. They're like, "Yeah, we did a raid," and they're like, "And yeah, that's the true. next month, and the next month." So we don't really know. Like, I guess they're just like, "Oh, we'll leave it up to their imagination." But this totally happens all the time when you're in a civil, or, you know, you're you're fighting for your country. Whatever. It was uh, it was a little over the top. But was there anything else besides uh, the introduction of the female characters from the basement? Uh, let's see. Uh the term screaming Chinaman is used in this, uh, in one scene. Yeah. Like a couple times in a row. <laughs> yeah. It's like, was... what, what it's like, we got like, it's like when the colonel's explaining like, Who's where, it? like what's happening kind of globally. And he's like, we got the Canadians and like the Mexicans are in a civil war. It's like, what are the communists got? He's like 600,000 screaming Chinamen. Yeah. It's, I thought they had a billion. Yeah. He's like, throws his whiskey on the fire and it was poof they did you're like whoo, dramatic you're wasting yeah. you're wasting booze to tell a, a little bit of a tall tale here but no way yeah. to be wasting booze no it's kind of it's ridiculous don't throw your alcohol on a fire it's better what else did i write it. down that i thought was whack what else is whack oh yeah here's what something that's whack <laughs> um the wolverine <laughs> I called him the Wolverine Hunter. He's like the, I think he was a general or something. But he oh, yeah. comes in and he's like, these uh, these rebels call themselves the Wolverine. And for to catch a Wolverine, you need a hunter, that, like that kind of guy. It's like he was he was kind of supposed to be like the big, the scary main villain sort of. I yeah. I got the sense anyway because like I was kind of checked out by that point. I was like, this movie's whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was weird to bring him in so late. Like I'm think, trying to think of another movie where like the like the main villain, the main antagonist, doesn't come until like the third act. I, you know what? There's it's kind of hard to call him remember. the main, even to characterize him as the main villain. He's just kind of it another. Like that's what they were. It seemed like that's what they were going for, though, because he's like he he's the one who's like. I think he was supposed to seem like the biggest threat to them. He's like, you need a hunter and I'm a Wolverine hunter or whatever his speech was. And then yeah. he's the one that but Swayze ends up like, you know, shooting in the final, in the big final fight. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it just seemed Swayze weird. Cause he only movie. had like, 
he literally only appears as himself, what, like in the scene where he's talking about being the hunter, mm-hmm. when he gets off the plane, or the gunships, rather, like the big helicopters, and then at the yeah. end. Like, he, the only way he's kind of seen like the, I don't know, main villain, I guess you could kind of give him that, but it kind of just seemed like, well, we kind of maxed out what we've done in the film so far. We need somebody to come in and shake things up so we can continue having action scenes. Kind of just seemed like he progressed the action. Like, well, let's bring it to them now. And then they're going to bring it back to us. I don't know. It just didn't... I couldn't even say there was a yeah. main villain. I would just say, like, just the occupying forces were the main villains, right? Like, you had well, the so Cuban right, guy, I feel like you had that's the other they were... Russian commander, and then you had the hunter. And it was like... I feel that's because... I feel that's because he came in so late, though, that it doesn't. he doesn't feel like the main villain. Like, I think he was supposed to. I don't know. Okay, so I you're not saying, at, you know, yeah, I see what you're saying now, yeah. I think the, the I think, like, the story uh, just kind of suffers from, like, being so flat in the middle. And I guess kind of ironic that, like, John Milius was the director, because he's, like, I, I looked at a little bit about him. He's, like, known as a really pro- prolific screenwriter. Oh, Okay. Um, I think he only directed a handful, like three or four films or something like that. But he was like, at one time he'd had more screenplays produced than any, any person in the history of film. And Holy uh, shit. yeah, like writing, but he didn't write this. This was written by Kevin Reynolds. Yeah. And I don't know if I, I wondered like if, if John Milius had like written it based on the story, like, or if he had envisioned it differently, but he just didn't quite pull what he wanted to out of the screenplay, maybe. Because like I this, guess yeah, this he was apparently as, he wasn't he wasn't nearly as experienced as a, a filmmaker as he was a writer. So yeah, I feel like maybe he just wasn't playing to his strengths. I mean, it would always it would definitely be interesting, you know, to be a, a writer and then try to use somebody else's writing to get into directing. Maybe he just didn't want to sully his writing name by making a bad film. Like, you know, being an amateur director at the time, using one of his own pieces mm. of work and then botching it, and then everyone's like, oh, you'll never work I don't in even know if he's so much an amateur director at this point, but uh, yeah, I think he's just, his, his body of work as a director just pales in comparison to his body of work as a writer because of how, like, incredibly prolific he was. Okay. I mean, now, granted, at the time when this movie came out, like we said before, like, this would have been, like, a very real, at least a, a potentially real threat to people in America, right? Like, yeah, it just kind of played on right? what was going on in the world, and, yeah, like I said, Reagan era, uh, Reagan era, America, this is what was on people's minds. Oh, Absolutely. So maybe it was maybe it didn't have to be as prolific. Maybe just the idea and the the climate in America, excuse me, in America, just kind of lended itself for this idea and film to be prolific in itself. Uh, obviously, sure. watching it now, it's not well, really the same. They, they did there, remake there the a, film. They remade it. Yeah, I was about to bring that up in 2012. I think. Yeah, I think it was, was 2012 or 2015, with, something like that. Chris Hemsworth was in it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like what was it did you see it like was it still I did. about like I did it was it was the exact same concept except I believe it was the North Koreans invading which just made it seem even more far-fetched because it's like really like 
Uh, Koreans I don't know. are like I don't know if North, like North Korea. Korea. Yeah, I don't know if North not... Korea has the capability of launching and invading the U.S. to the same capacity. I also don't that think they're communists. I think no, not really. I think everyone just kind of assumes they're communists. They're they're very much a totalitarian state, but I don't know if we could label them as communists as much as just some kind of brand new type of dictatorship, right? Yeah, which kind of change it. Like, that doesn't have the same relevance. No, it's basically like, a military 20, despot. You know? 2013, 2015, whatever it was, like, North Korea doesn't have the same kind of relevance to America that the Soviet Union did in the 80s. No, absolutely not, right? And obviously with the 80s in Cuba, right, with the Cuban Missile Crisis, like it was, and Cuba was very much a communist country and being supplied by the Russians. There was a whole proxy situation and then the end of the Vietnam War era. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It was kind of a... Just, yeah, it was yeah. like doomed from the start, it seems like, because it just didn't have the same kind of... I just I found that I was finding a lot of the the remake coming up when I was trying to do a little bit of research, and like I think they oh, just yeah. I think Hollywood just tried to cash in, you know what I mean? Like they they made more than double their money off of the budget in the box office for this one, and they kind of probably went back and they're like, oh shit, this movie did well, let's make it again, let's see what we can do with this. And uh, I don't know, Hollywood te- tends to do a lot of stuff like that, so we'll. We'll see what happens. I mean, they're making a Mario movie now. I don't oh, know if the Jesus. world needs a new Mario movie or even ask for one, but playing off well, their their strengths of we know this makes money, so let's do it again. Well, you just opened up a can of worms. I was gonna say I didn't know if I wanted to save this until after we'd like done our ratings, but well, maybe yeah, we can do that like, then. Maybe what we'll do maybe is we we'll, should, uh, and then we'll talk about Mario. Yeah, I got no problem with that. So why don't you give it? Uh, well, you had no other qualms with this movie. I mean, like, I know where you stand, obviously, but there was nothing else blaring or glaring that uh, you wanted to cover because there's a couple things I wanted to bring up. Um, you, I mean, yeah, you can go ahead. I guess the the one other thing I had was that the RPGs, uh, in this movie had no recoil, and it happened a bunch of times where a kid <laughs> would have an RPG on and he'd pull the trigger and it would like, it, it, you could tell it was like. Like they had like this rocket prop on like a string or something, and it would float out kind of slow. But they're just like, boom, and and then it's like whoosh, and they they're just standing there steady as a rock. Like my 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 problem with the film is actually similar to something like that. Like some of these action scenes were a little bit off. Uh, the timings, a few of the timings, like to the bullet to the blood, and the reaction times. Like when the teacher gets lit up, the guy shoots about I don't know five to six bullets teacher takes two and he's falling back and like the gunshots happen and then he falls back and then he gets then you see the explosions you know what i mean like the blood packets explode that was the first thing i noticed i was like oh that was weak uh another scene right off the hop there's a kid that was looking through the window i guess when the russians were landing he took a bullet to the head probably from a high caliber rifle and somehow his face ended up outside the plane of where the glass broke and he's just kind of resting there. I'm like, it's yeah. Kind he of took weird. a bullet to head with all that force and then fell forward. Yeah, this is like a classic JFK magic bullet kind of scenario here, I guess. Right? It must have ricocheted <laughs> off the back of the classroom and back pushed his and head the through the. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and then the other scene there was that the the end when they were doing the whole the raid, the Eckert brothers doing that. 
one of the Cuban guys gets shot. And before you even hear, like, the gunshot, basically, blood spurts on the back wall. And he's like, ah! And then the bullet hits him. and Or, you know, the, the props explode on, on his chest. That was it. There was a few things like that. Um, everything was done in real time. I'll give him that. You know what I mean? There was no CGI, no computer effects. So I was kind of a little lenient when I found out about that, but I wanted to bring it up. Those, those are some of the things well, that was really the 1980s. Me. Computers hadn't been invented yet. Well, well they, so they had abilities to do things. You they didn't I mean? have abilities to do things. In they the had 80s. abilities to do things. Nobody right? had any abilities to do anything. Back in the 80s, people were stupid. I don't even know why we're talking about this. <laughs> Computers were invented in 1998 when I started playing RuneScape. By Bill Gates. I never played RuneScape. I don't even know it was around in 1998. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think when it would have been out, actually. Would have been close. Early I think, I think it would have been close. Sure. Yeah. You're, you're, on, you're on point with that. I think you did play RuneScape. Closet RuneScape. Player. No. No. Yeah. No. Right. No. I don't still play RuneScape. No. <laughs> As soon as we're done this, you're going to play a RuneScape for like 12 hours, probably. I've been playing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I've just had another window. I thought open. I heard your mouse clicking a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so why don't uh, Do you want to shoot for who rates first? Shoot for it? Yeah, rock, paper, scissors. All right. All right, ready? I've got no dog in this fight. I don't care. One, two, three, go. What? One, two. What? Okay, come on. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. There was a delay. There was a delay. All right, all right. One, two, three, go. Ah, oh, come on. Get out of here. There was a big delay. Was... Go ahead. I don't care. Right. I was going to say you go first because I want I decide, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this movie for pure enjoyment of just action film shutting my brain off, not really having to pay too much attention to anything that was really going on. There wasn't really any underlying things that made me think too much. I just kind of enjoyed sitting there and watching people get uh, get blasted and, and damn those commies, right? So I gave it a 2.6 out of 3.5, uh, purely based on enjoyment. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right, then. Um, not super far off. I describe this movie as like the perfect movie to watch when you have the flu. Um, you know, like, and this is, again, I think, I'm just relating it to like when movies were on TV and shit with commercials. Uh, when I'd like be sick and home from school, y you know what I mean? Like you, you're like you, you've got the flu, you're not feeling good, you're like you got fever chills and you're all out of it, and so you like take a take a warm shower, not because you need to take a shower, but you're just like, well, make me feel better and clear my head. Yeah. And then you get some soup into you, you drink like some cough syrup. And you're all drowsy and sitting on the couch, and you're like, just not there. Like you're fading in and out. You know what I mean? You're not sleeping, sleeping, but you're like fading in and out of being present. And move a movie like this is kind of the perfect thing to have on. So you're just coming in. It's like something to ground you to reality. Like there's big noise, and like every scene's basically the same, and you don't feel like you're missing much. <laughs> and you know, you just spend your time like because of the TV edit, it's like three and a half hours long and takes the whole afternoon. Then you're finally like, maybe I can go to bed, get some sleep and I'll feel better in the morning. So this movie's not without its, it's kind of it's, its place, I think. And it's, it's, I don't know for what it was. It was good enough. I gave it a 2.2 .2 right on. out of three and a half stars. 
I like that. And you know what? I couldn't agree with you more. This is a kind of movie, like you said, you could just be like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I kind of feel like I'm dying. So I'll just throw in Red Dawn. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It's like, whatever. Red it just it's... doesn't matter because it's Red Dawn. I don't have to pay attention. I don't have to follow anything. Nothing's too complex. I feel yeah. like throwing I just up. Need to, but... I just <laughs> need to waste some time and get through this day. Yeah. And in, Red in between, going to be here for me. In between throwing up or feeling like you're going to throw up, you're like, oh, cool. AK 47's yeah. going off. RPGs. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I totally have it. totally agree. That's a, that's a really great way to break that down. I really li- I really liked how you brought that in. The whole like, remember how you had the flu? That brings me back. Kind of like this movie brought me back to the old action films. So, well, yeah, I think that's where that's kind of where this movie lives, and that's where this movie thrives. Absolutely, so, definitely a product of its time. All right, so why don't we wrap up the official uh, episode right here, episode twenty three. Uh, just want to say thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Always appreciate anyone listening. Uh, you can always check out what we're going to talk about next on our, I don't know, we're going to call it the After Hours special. I don't know. We're still, it's a working title. But uh, we're going to... I like After Hours. Yeah, we're going to hang around, shoot the shit, you know, then we'll we'll get really into a little bit more. A little bit more. So if you enjoyed this episode, but you want to hear us get uh, completely uh, off the record, kind of don't care kind of attitude then uh stick around or or join us for the next episode for the after hours 